This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 21st, episode 2666, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, oh my gosh, I got to thank everybody. Um, So on Monday's post show, I talked a little bit about what's happening with one of my horses, um, Parker, the gray thoroughbred, gorgeous, now four-year-old thoroughbred that I adopted um, at Christmas time. You know, I've been training and training and training him and it's just really hard, like four months in, they should be doing a lot more stuff than he is. And, and it's still, every time I would get on him, it was just, he, he didn't want to go like would not go forward to the point where I took him out in a field in the pasture. And I was like, let's just canter up a hill and follow Abby up cantering up the hill. And he like took like three trot steps and just walked. So I, I decided to get the vet out and we took some x-rays of his back and I'm telling this very cavalierly because it was last week and I've already talked about it once, but, uh, he had massive kissing spine changes to where like the vet was like, this has been there for a long time. And, 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 and pretty much there's, he's never going to jump. Like there's just, a, just a lot of problems. I mean, he was tripping a lot while I was just even walking. And so anyway, the decision was made to return him to the rescue. The good news is it was me who trained him and not somebody who would have taken a whip to him because he wouldn't move forward. I just knew that there was something wrong. So at any rate, I had to return him and it was very sad and I had a really tough week last week. Um, and so Lindsay Roush, one of our auditors went onto the auditor Facebook page and she said, Hey everyone, we need to cheer up Jamie. Everyone share something you have learned from her. Uh, and, and, and oh my gosh, 77 of the most amazing, beautiful people and comments that I've ever read to the point where like, I mean, I, I've, it's taken me three or four times reading it because I, I can't get through it because it's I just, was in tears for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, what an honor to mean something to somebody, you know, I mean, and, and to have somebody like Lindsay realize like how tough things were for me at the moment and to, to reach out like that and do something like that was a really beautiful and kind thing. And I just now, wanted some to, of them were, you know, sheath cleaning songs and, you know, those kinds of things that you've done for people. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, whatever makes you happy, man. If you want me to sing a song, I'll sing a song about wiener, horse wieners, whatever. And most of them were, were training related, which is kind of nice and how you've helped them with their horses. And that was really cool. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I sometimes forget, like, people will email me and I'll set up a phone call with them and, and talk them through some of the training. And, and it was nice to know a lot of these people remembered because they all commented about that and then, and just the, just the fact that I could mean something to somebody in a way that 
is just the way that I'm trying to live my life. So I, 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 I can't say thank you enough to all of you who took a moment out of your day to write something kind. It really made me feel very, um, well, like I cried. Okay. So you did that. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, I know when you're having a tough time reading something like emotionally is because you don't comment. And I didn't see any, I didn't see you comment on that whole thread. And I went, oh, she hasn't gotten through this whole thing yet. So I knew. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of them were silly, but things I've said that mattered to somebody. So it's just really nice to know that Sometimes it's it's hard for I Jamie and I sometimes because we come on and we do the show and we like hanging out together and we like talking to cool people and and I don't think sometimes you know we just do it and sometimes we've been doing it for so long that sometimes we don't think about what Im- most of the time we don't think about what impact the show makes matter of fact sometimes I wonder if we make any you know because it's just silly and in some cases and then some cases it's more serious but you you just do it and then you know, that's why even after 10 years, we're surprised at things like this, you know, because don't you agree with that? I mean, because we just, we're here doing it. So I don't know. And I don't think that anything that you and I do is, is fake. Like, I mean, aside from silly accents and all those ridiculous things we do to get people to laugh, I, 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 Oh, no, we lay it all the out very, there, right? <laughs> okay. Well, I told you from the very beginning, in, in radio, the, the best thing you can be is true to yourself, like be yourself, because you can't, you think I could fake being somebody for 10 years. You can't, you do, can't do that. I'm no, no actor. And I'm really no singer, so I don't know how somebody like that, too. Um, but to sit here and to read all of these, and, and what was really neat uh, and special was Lucas read them, because he can oh, read really? them. Oh, really? And so he read them all. So mom's just not a schmuck? Oh, <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, we were at this grocery store. We were like in line. He's like, mom, don't these people know who you are? Like, okay. <laughs> Haven't they met you? <laughs> I mean, come on. Why are you waiting in line? That's weird. Um, but just just, just some really wonderful things. And I just wanted to thank everybody. That was really, really kind. And, and I appreciate it. And, and, and while my heart is certainly broken, I've got some exciting stuff coming up on the horizon that you will all be a part of here very soon. So we're moving, moving forward. And like I said, I... Every time I go back to Horse and Hound, I go get to go out and give Parker a hug on the neck and know that he's safe and he's happy and nobody's pushing him past his limit. Um, oh, he's going to be happy as a clam. He's going to live a horse's dream here. <laughs> so, he's going to live out his life eating grass and uh, hanging out with his buddies. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, also, I have been getting a couple of people asking, and I just didn't get back to you yesterday, and I apologize for that, uh, for a Pickles update, our Greyhound. Uh, Pickles is getting much better. She is walking on all four. She has still has a limp, but she's starting to want to run and play now, which we have to hold her back from, which is depressing her greatly because she wants to be a Greyhound again. Uh, she's feeling better, and we can't let her because <laughs> she'll re-injure it. But um, she had a spill there uh, a couple of weeks ago, but she is going to her new home next weekend. Jennifer is going oh, to drive wow. her to Augusta. So uh, we've kind of been dealing with it. One, she she's kind of been a little bit of a pain in the ass because when we go away, she still tears things apart. Um, so we're kind of looking at ourselves as foster parents now, and it's making this whole process much easier. Yeah. Uh, you know, but she's going to her home. She'll have five Greyhound buddies in this place, so she will never be alone in her life again. Look at uh, animals, man. They're just I, like, I God. I know. But uh, that's the 
update, she's going she's going up to Augusta, Georgia. Uh, and Jennifer's taking she said, I'm staying up there a couple of days. She got a bit she got an Airbnb and she's gonna hide. Because <laughs> between her horse being sick and getting drugs every day and all of that and the dog and everything, she's ready to just hide out for a weekend. So You know what? Pickles is gonna get real good at golf. So Yes, exactly. I said to Jennifer, go play a round of golf in Augusta. It only costs you five hundred dollars. It won't be okay. Oh, you can't yeah. get in. <laughs> <laughs> they look at everything down. Today on the show, we have retired jockey Frankie Lovato is joining us. Uh, so good to have Frankie back uh, to do a Kentucky Derby preview. Plus, we meet one of our badass auditors who used to be an MMA fighter. And, uh, you know, we learn about you people. Talk yeah. about what we do. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are cooler than we are. And I shared, did you watch the video of her fight? Oh, my God. I did. I did. <laughs> Does that make your kickboxing look silly, by the way? Uh, she's my personal hero. Yeah. Number one. Uh, number two, um, I realize I will never be in good enough shape to do anything like that. Oh my and God. I really don't like to get hit in the face. So yeah, she, she was wins. pretty bloody at the end. Ashley Chambers Crabtree is joining us later on. Is she going to talk to her about her life as an MMA fighter and some weird news? So we got a full packed show for you today, but we, as always, we start with some daily winnies. We had a whole bunch of new auditors since Monday, so I think they all wanted to hear your story. <laughs> but uh, some well, are... congratulations! Yeah, you there you go. It was super yeah, fun, exciting. There was her uplifting story. Uh, Summer Flynn. Uh, let me see. I, I wrote. See, I made a mistake, and I wrote these with a paper and pen, and I can't read my own writing. Gene uh, Charlton and Nan Meek Ellen Atridge and Emily. Kettler. So welcome to all of you. If you aren't part of the auditor room already, I know a couple of you have asked, look for HRN auditors on Facebook, request to enter, and that's that's where you'll find everything that we talk about. So you can join right there. Uh, I have a couple daily winnies. First of all, sweet sweet lady named Connie Cressman and her husband came out here to the farm. They, uh, travel down. They, they summer in Oklahoma. I don't know why, but our why winter anybody in Oklahoma. do that. Isn't Sorry. that when you have the tornadoes and stuff? Yeah, they went winter in Oklahoma. I think they're, they just hightailed it out of here, but they brought me uh, and gave me a great deal on some new jumps. So oh, I've got wow. some fancy new jumps that I get to look at um (laughs) sitting on the arena abby gets to jump on the drag so that's good uh and then my other one this is amazing just the other day i got a package in the mail and i thought what is i didn't order anything you know sometimes you order stuff and you're like did i yeah, no, I do that every day. <laughs> Not that I've ever like drunk Amazon or anything. I mean, who would do that? Uh, but uh, Roxana Mainster White sent me an entire thing of like a ton of Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies, and they came on Monday, <laughs> which was like the perfect. Did we day. talk about that on the show? Is that? I don't know, but it's like she's in my head because <laughs> this is a Thin Mint type family, and so um, the husband Abby and Lucas and I have. <clears throat> we may have had a few already, and <laughs> there may be a few left, <laughs> but thanks. Lucas has been a sugar rush ever since. <laughs> He's like, can I have another one of those? Uh, no, you've had 12 Thin Men's right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for her. Thank you for doing that. That's cool. Yeah, super nice. 
Well, state line tack is still there. You know, one of the things we we don't talk about very often with state line tack is what they do charity wise, and they do a bunch of different things. But one of the companies that they support is 4H. So they're big supporters of 4H. They have been. Which I for, just signed Lucas up for. He starts in the fall for 4H. Yeah. Yes, I'm super excited. I want him to show guinea pigs because <laughs> we have them. Might you know, well he's going to next want a goat and a sheep, right? That's oh, gonna God. Talk to your daddy. Well, they support eight, support 4-H in many different ways, and uh, they also give donations to 4-H uh, through their uh, order program. Uh, and you can find all the information about what they do for 4-H right there on their homepage. Click on that, and it uh, brings up all the different ways that they they help out 4-H, which is kind of cool. And I'm kind of I'm kind of excited he gets to do that because in Oklahoma, 4-H would be a big thing. I t- I said to Chad, I go, do they have? Because I, I, it was. I can't remember. Well, Somebody actually made the suggestion on Facebook that he should join 4-H. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And then I said to Chad, I go, do they have 4-H here? He goes, <laughs> this is Oklahoma. I think hun. they invented it there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, 4-H is everywhere. Uh, so, so I'll get him into that. He has to be eight. Oh, so. next you're gonna ha- oh and you're also going to probably have a cow out there at some point. You know what the problem is? I I knew a girl who had a pig in 4-H, and uh, when I lived in Georgia, and so I like went to the 4-H pig show, you know, and then they dang auctioned them off at the end. <laughs> that's I true. They do raise this from a baby, and you just yeah, that's what they do. So um, I I'm feeling like I'm gonna have a giant pen of like a sheep, a goat, a pig, and a rabbit that like never leave because <laughs> I can't do that. Well, Mama, f- why are you bidding on my pig? <laughs> they also have uh, a lot of 4-H branded custom products available right through that are exclusive through Stateline Tech. So head on over to StatelineTech.com today to find all of that information. I just have two announcements before we get Frankie on and start talking about Kentucky Derby, which happens this weekend, believe it or not. Um, and that, it, real quick, is tonight we have a Facebook Live, a Stable Scoop Equestrian Author Roundtable. I have Lisa Waisaki on, Gene Abernathy, of course, uh, Fergus Fame, and Natalie Keller Reinhardt, who has written a couple of horse related series of books. And we're going to answer the questions What's the best way to get started publishing your first book? Multiple tips for aspiring writers. And what genres should you be looking I have at? So many book ideas, like in my head. Oh my gosh, so Everybody, many. That's book why ideas. I thought this would be a fun one to do with these very established writers, and they can answer some of these questions. So, can they tell me how to sit still? for long enough to write I it out? I don't think they can help you with that one. <laughs> um, drugs uh, is my <laughs> But yeah, we're going to do that tonight at 7.30 on all the Facebook pages, Stable Scoop, Auditor, Horses in the Morning, so you can find that round table. Then we're also going to replay the audio version on Horses in the Morning tomorrow morning because I just think it's a really good topic. And then tomorrow night, at Thursday night at 7.30, we have our Horse Lovers Cruise Q&A that we're also going to put in the cruise room for the people who already signed up. We have 40 people going already. And if you're thinking about coming at all next February on the Horse Lovers Cruise with us, this will be very informational. We have Michelle, our cruise director, and Nate from Royal Caribbean. I met him yesterday on a call, and he's great. He's going to do a virtual walkthrough of the ship and and with lots of pictures and slides and videos, and then we're going to answer questions that you have. So uh, that should be, he's a lot of fun, and uh, that'll also be in the auditor room and on all the different pages that we normally do our live videos. So you'll find that. That's our Horse Lovers Crew 
night Q&A, and that's tomorrow night at 7.30. Now it's time to get Frankie Lovato on. He's our old friend, uh, rode 5,000 races, uh, ex-jockey, and of course we had him on a couple of weeks ago, and I know you were all happy to hear from him, but he's going to help us do some coverage today. Hello. There he is. Hi, Frankie. Glenn, how you doing? Good. Got Jamie here, too. Hello. Hi, Jamie. I'm, I'm going to let her take over now? because she kind of talks the derby stuff, and, and I kind of put in silly comments. So that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you two nerd out here. <laughs> we are going to nerd out a little bit on racehorses. Frankie, first of all, how's life going? How's everything since we talked to you last? Yeah, everything is uh, steady sailing, um, working hard, building lots of equisizers as fast as I can. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, that's good. Business yeah. is good. Well, let's remind everybody because you sent this to me in uh, in an email or to Glenn, and uh, you. So you never rode in the Derby, and be, but by choice. Talk to us a little bit about that. Oh yeah. So, you know, when, when I started out, I, I, I started racing professionally at 16, which is, you know, back at, it, it wasn't you know crazy at the, the idea that a lot of kids start when they were that young. Um, but I mean, I, I kind of, I started at 16 and I was, uh, had a great year. I won the Eclipse award, you know, by the time I went 17 years old, um, I was riding high in New York and winning, winning a lot of big races and a lot of races and, and uh, so, I mean, they were they were marking me as the up and coming uh, next uh, superstar jockey, um, kind of like Steve Coffin. It was kind of like that, you know, that, you know, with that kind of momentum was going for me. And um, and so, I mean, I'd ridden, I rode the Preakness. I was 17 years old, and I rode the Preakness. Um, I didn't, I didn't have a Derby horse that year. I had a couple of couple of nice three-year-olds, but nothing, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like catching lightning in a bottle, being in the right place in the right time with the right horse. Um, but, you know, I mean, I was, I was kind of cocky and confident and, you know, life was great. And, you know, I, I had a, I was supposed to, which I was, I was riding one of the favorites. I didn't have a derby horse that year, but I was riding one of the favorites in, in, um, in New York. They had a, the Carter handicap, which was a, it's a, it's a popular sprint race. It's a big purse. And, and it was, uh, I, I was obligated to ride for a big trainer. And, and, uh, meanwhile, this, this horse came open in the Derby and they asked for me and, um, and the horse was, he, and he was, he was a long shot. So, um, my agent said, had asked me, says, well, do you want to, do you want to ride it? Or, you know, we, we have a better chance to stay at home and and uh, went in this big race in New York. I was like, yeah, there's going to be plenty of derbies. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there's going to be plenty of this. So the 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 irony or or whatever you want to call it, my see my dad was a jockey too, right? Uh-huh. And the question that everybody asks you if you if they find out you ever were a jockey and so it, it's the nightmare I've lived since I was a kid because it started with my dad. Um, my dad, I mean, my dad's won like all these huge races, these big races, but the evasive race was the Kentucky Derby. And he also had some nice three-year-olds that were uh, heading into Derby season that, that looked to be, you know, uh, very valuable um, contenders. 
And, um, but for whatever reason, you know, it's like catching lightning in a the bottle. There's a lot of top jockeys that that race have evaded them, and especially the win. Um, anyway, since I was a little kid, my friends used to say, did your dad ever ride the Kentucky Derby? You know, and, and that's the question that, that haunts, haunts a jockey. <laughs> I wish I'd ridden that horse just so I could say yes. <laughs> Do you Shut remember <laughs> what the Derby horse's name that you passed on was? I don't. I don't. See, I, your brain has decided to try to move past it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's it, there, the, the horses, that, the legitimate horses that, 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 was, that I had sat on and, and, and rode um, that actually were real derby contenders, um, some of those I, I can remember. There, there was uh, Pancho Villa, Van Landingham, Slua Gold. These are all horses I rode. At, at one point, as two-year-olds turning three, um, these are all horses that went on to be horses here and uh, and stuff. But um, you know, they, they were. I was in. I was in line to to potentially ride these horses in races like that. Um, just you know, fate or whatever reason just just failed me in that department. You know, and however, you know, it's just it, when you're in the trenches of horse racing. It's not that big a deal. It's it's like yeah, I mean, it, it, of course you wanna you wanna you want that opportunity, but you don't look at it like oh man, my my whole career has been a waste of time. I didn't ride the Derby. Right. You know, there's plenty of jockeys and trainers that that have had great success, and, and um, but you know the, to the novice, that's the question they ask you. <laughs> it's like, hey, I won nine million races. Yeah, I didn't ride the Derby. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the lesson for everybody. If anybody ever says I was a jockey, don't ask them if they ran in the Derby. They'll tell you, I'm sure, <laughs> if they did. Please don't, please don't, because it just disintegrates everything that you've accomplished. <laughs> oh my God, I never thought about that. Now, yeah, uh, you passed on the Derby at 18. And, um, because you were like, there's going to be plenty of derbies because you're 18 and you're stupid. Um, all of us right. are not saying you in particular, <laughs> all of us at 18 are dumb. So, um, then you decided I'm going to ride in New York that day. Did you win the big Carter handicap in New York? I got beat the dirtiest nose. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm kicking buckets. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. Sorry. Okay. How can we make this up to you right now? Like, what can we do th to make you feel better? How? I, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, how about we talk I, about this year's Derby? That'll make yeah, him feel let, better. We'll, we'll move past it. We'll just move past it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, some of the the random Derby information is this is pretty cool. Kendrick Carmouche is set to become the first black jockey to ride the Derby in eight years from Louisiana, cool. and his dad also um, was a was a, a race tracker. So uh, that'll be fun to watch that. And, um, he also had some broken bones much like you. So he's kind of back at it now, which is good. Um, 17 of the 20 horses were born in Kentucky. Uh, Medina sprint uh -huh. soup and sandwich and Brooklyn strong came outside uh, of the state. Obviously. Can I talk about soup and sandwich? Um, soup and sandwich, by the way, <laughs> it's a great name. Um, but that is a live Oak horse, which is right up here by our house. Uh, you've heard us talk about, uh, Live Oak Stud here before, and of course that's Campbell Soup Money, which is why it's Soup and Sandwich. 
Well, it would be nice if Soup and Sandwich had some better odds. Sorry, <laughs> 30 to 1. <laughs> soup and Sandwiches, Soup to Nuts. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the favorites. Um, I watched one of Essential Qualities races, and it was the one, uh, I believe it was the Bluegrass, which is about a month ago, and it just seems like that horse knows where the dang finish line is. <laughs> what do you think about Essential Quality, Frankie? Well, um, I, I have not. I'm gonna missed, I, I have missed several of the prep races. Uh-huh. Um, but I did watch. I did watch this horse run. I did catch one of his races. And what's impressive with a horse that can overcome a trip or or a lot of traffic that that's going to be really important for for a horse to be able to um, to win a Derby. So. There's always the Derby is a lot of horses, a 20 horse field, you know, even if it's 18, that's still too many horses um, going into that first turn. So a trip is everything. A horse needs to have a good trip and overcome. Um, Chances are a lot of traffic. Chances are uh, there's going to be a lot of checking and and, and jockeys having to uh, make a plan B. So, uh, or C or, or D and in this Kentucky Derby case. So it, a horse needs to be able to overcome those things, um, to be successful in this race. Well, essential quality is in the post position 14. His odds are two to one right now and his daddy is tap it. So he's got some pretty good, uh, bloodlines on him. And then he also is undefeated five and, uh, he's five first places, five starts. So <laughs> He's won. He won the Breeders' Futurity and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So wow. you know that's pretty good by three. Means something, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that boy fast. Um, <laughs> all right. So we've got him in the uh, in the. Uh, I think he's the ultimate favorite right now. And then we've also got Hot Rod Charlie. He won the Louisiana Derby, and his trainer is Doug O'Neill, who's won twice with All Have Another and Nyquist. Um, and then we've got known agenda and rock your world. So all of these horses being that you have, you, you missed a lot of the prep races. I'll go over all the horses later, but I want to know <laughs> as a jockey, when you walk into that starting stall and they, everything's closed up, what is the feeling in your stomach on a, in a big race? I mean, I know you ran like a billion times, so you might not remember the feeling but of that thrill, but like when that race is closed and everything is like quiet, almost right before the gates open, what are your thoughts? Well, you, you know, you, you, um, you do a lot of hoping, right. <laughs> and, and as far as that goes, you just want, you just want things to go well. And that, that's from the second the gate opens because there's so many things that can go wrong in, in a race. Um, and, and I told this story uh, with, with uh, the, the great late jockey, Bill Shoemaker. He said one of his most nervous rides ever was when he rode spectacular bid in a race called a walkover, which is a walkover, which you know, you've rarely ever seen. Uh, and it's only been a few times in racing history is when all the horses scratch out of the race except one, and he was a lone starter. So he was the only horse in the race. There was nobody to beat except himself. <laughs> so this is, this is uh, when you don't think of anything or you think of everything that could go wrong, Bill Schumacher came back to the jockey's room after that walkover, 
which again, it was a, a lone horse race. There was nobody, no competitors. I, even, I can't believe they would have run that, but go ahead. So he walked yeah, back to it, the well, jockey's room. It was a great, it was a great one. Um, uh, and it needed to be run. So there's, there were starters, but they all scratched out of the race. So, uh, and, and, and to the, the story, um, to, to explain it, well, why, why was he so nervous? You think about everything that can go wrong, which is in horse racing can be a million things. Um, so what if he stumbles out of the gate? What if, you know, that throws Shoemaker off the horse? What if this something stupid like a stirrup breaks or because there are no other horses in the race, horses will do funny things when they're, when they're running out by themselves and in the middle of a, a track as, as large as Belmont park. Um, that they may spook at something. There's just like, you think of like all these things that could go wrong that you would never normally think about. So now you're a race like the Kentucky Derby, you know, it's, there's, there's all these other elements. There's your, your heart, your love, your passion. This is where you want to be growing up as a kid. You dream about it. Um, so those, some of those same things, you know, you want a clean break. You want to be able to, your horse not stumble. If you stumble, or you miss the break slightly, you get swallowed up. I mean, you just can you can go from instead of being in a comfortable third or fourth or fifth, um, you can end up 18th and and holy smokes, trying to make up that ground, and that's really out of your hands. As, as a jockey, you don't have a lot of control of of many of those things, and and uh, so you're, you're hoping from the very beginning, you're just hoping. You, your horse doesn't miss the break. You get a nice, nice clean break, and then you can find a spot that you can find a rhythm with your horse and not be compromised by traffic or, or, or somebody else's trouble in front of you, things that you have no control over. So as a jockey, you want those things to just to be hey. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine being late for a flight, right, and, and you're trying to get to the airport, and there's traffic, you know, or you see, you, you, you know, that feeling that you, that sinking feeling, it's kind of like that, but it happens in two minutes. <laughs> a really quick panic attack. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I want to know with Shoemaker, did the horse, when you break out in a, I've never heard of a, what'd you call it? A walk away? A walkover. A walkover. Okay. So when they, they break out of there. Are they like, we're just going to canter or do you like, did he go race speed? Well, it was spectacular bit. So he had that oh. going for him. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine if it was a horse that was lightly raced and, and, or, or, you know, that was their first start. I mean, you could end up in the, in, in the infield. <laughs> they, they get, like they didn't get lost and lonely. I know like inexperienced horses, if they make the lead too soon, you'll see their ears prick up and then they're like, what am I doing? Where am I? What's that grandstand? Why are these people hollering? You know, uh, they completely can lose focus so fast. So, um, but in, in the case of a spectacular bid, you know, this is a, this is a true champion racehorse. And he, 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 I mean, he, he wants to run even when he's not supposed to run. <laughs> so, um, he had that going for him. So he but won. It, it is, he it, it is something. I mean, horses, when they're by themselves, their ears go up. You could be in trouble, buddy. I mean, <laughs> the, you, you try to just point them in the right direction. And, and uh, but when happens, they don't have competition. That happens, Frankie, when you're just riding a regular horse. It was like, if those ears go up, uh-oh, 
do something to get them to listen to you. To get yep. one ear to turn around because they're, they're, yep. they they forgot about you for a minute. What like that infamous uh, plastic bag rolling across the trail in front of you? It will kill um, that you. Can, that can happen on on a racetrack. I, I've I've seen cases where you know where, like birds or geese or there might be a, a a footprint or something in the in the dirt that just all of a sudden they see it where they normally when they're running in a pack of horses they. They would just completely, you know, not even pay attention to it. But, but yeah, <laughs> that that's it's crazy what can go wrong. What is the weirdest thing that went wrong for you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, well, there's a million of them. So I've got to, try to, <laughs> I've got to dig back in the memory bank of um, of things. I mean, I've had horses that that just decide that they what we call a bolt, right? So you'd be running along and then all of a sudden they just decide they want to jump the fence or, um, or it might be a track where they know where their barn is um, and they've trained on that track. So uh, they might decide in the middle of a race or a workout that it's time. I want to go home and just completely you lose. They just in an instant, just dart away from, um, the direction they were going and, and were, would be willing to jump over the rail or do something insane or, or deadly. <laughs> well, so. you, you know, you've mentioned that, that. So when I galloped racehorses, uh, there was a saying when you were getting on, I rode a lot of the two-year-olds. I wasn't ever strong enough to, to ride the big horses, but uh, the, the saying was the longer you ride, the longer you ride, which <laughs> yeah. is for those who don't know, that is the length of your stirrup is going to significantly improve your ability to sit things. And the, 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 the bad news is when you're a jockey and you're in the race, you ain't riding long. You're just there, yeah. perched. If a, if a horse changes direction suddenly as a jockey, you basically, your saddle will disappear from out from underneath you. <laughs> um, and that is the thing. We, we used to, it's one thing, uh, there's a lot of young kids that want to be jockeys. And the first thing you wanna, they want to do is, is, is we jack their stirrups up. That's what we call it. You know, shorten your stirrups to that jockey length. And there's no way you can, you can really, uh, you know, balance yourself. If a horse changes direction, suddenly you're just going to be in the air. So, um, the longer you ride, the longer you ride. That's the saying. <laughs> it's true. And uh, by the way, when you do shorten your stirrups up, even just one or two holes, your entire body feels it until you're used yeah. to it. <laughs> it. Everything changes. It does. It does. Everything, well, everything. do you have a favorite for this race, Frankie? Like your per a personal favorite you of yours? Every, every, it's, it's very difficult for me at that. I mean, yeah, I can go for the obvious horses that look to be the favorites and things like that, but um, my heart just goes for my friends. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, I want to see, I want to see this guy do well, that guy do well. Um, trainers, jockeys, and a lot of them uh, I'm, I'm close to or have been, you know, a part of, uh, you know, worked with them, rode with them. Um, some of the trainers, uh, Mark Cassie, Steve Asmussen, uh, Todd Pletcher, and, and there's some, you know, that, that, uh, you know, you just, you want to see them, you know, that you want to see them all do well and, and everybody get a fair chance and not be, not be something, change the, the, the outcome of the race over something that was ridiculous, you know? So, yeah. um, fair race, safe race. 
and and I root for for my friends. <laughs> Let's have some good, clean fun, friends. Let's do it. I just had to yeah. look because you know one of her one of Jamie's favorite jockeys is Mike Smith. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm being very sarcastic, Frankie. Um, and, <laughs> and he's riding Midnight yeah. Bourbon, who's at twenty to one right now. That's a that's an Asmussen horse, which is why I brought it up because you you mentioned his name. Why you yeah. got to do that to me? I, I, I've had a nice conversation with Frankie, and he doesn't hate me right now. And, um, oh, no. You know, it's just... yeah, Mike could I, I, win the Derby every year. I would be happy. I know. You <laughs> know, she hates him still from the whole Zenyatta thing. She's never forgiven him. She will never forgive him. She just will never forgive him for Why it. didn't he ask earlier, Frankie? Why? Why did he wait so long? I told you. She's still holding this one. <laughs> I do. I do she have a philosophy for, for that, Jamie. I, oh, I really do. I oh, really give do. Give it to me. Calm my blood um, pressure. <laughs> well, he he was. See, she takes. She takes. Well, she takes. Well, we're talking about something that happened ten years ago, right? Um, <laughs> I can't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people can't, but um, you know, as as a jockey, first of all, it's Zenyatta. So she's the queen, and and. Um, and she's like she does get where people. Okay, I have an opinion here, um, and I and I might get hate mail. I don't know, but um, I probably won't. Uh, but in the post parades, people loved how she danced, and she, you know she was a, a, she was a little bit of a stick of dynamite, which meant something could set her off or upset her, and and Mike was constantly trying to keep her calm and and with love and pats on the neck kicks his feet out of the stirrups let her just try to relax she had cotton in her ears she was broke breaking out in sweat um but she was a great big gangly mare um so every time she broke out of the gates he, he, he gave her a chance to get her feet underneath her and um one thing you don't want to do as a jockey is kind of dishevel your 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 horse especially somebody like Zenyatta. And again, she is the queen. Now, if she was a, a, a I'm going to get hate mail for this, a cheap claimer, and it wasn't Zenyatta, you know, maybe he would have rattled on her and got her like, hey, come on, let's go, you know, you donkey. <laughs> 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 but no, it's Zenyatta. So he gives, he gives her tender, loving care. Every, every ounce of his heart was in that mare. So she came out of the gates. And, and and it was a it was under the lights for the first time. See, I'm, it's ten years ago. I'm remembering this. Stuff, I'm, right? I'm I'm nervous listening to you <laughs> describe this for yeah. me. Okay, um, the weather was was horrendous. It was under the lights the first time she's running it. Aside from uh, Santa Anita, like she ships to sunny, beautiful California to forty degrees and raining at Churchill Downs under the lights. She she took some time to get started, and he didn't feel like whipping on her and like asking her to send her along come on mama you know like but he, he did once she got her legs underneath he was asking her he was he was coaxing her into that first turn and there's still um nearly a mile left to go in the race and he was just having faith and that she would figure it out um and and then you could see down the back stretch he was like okay mama we don't have we're running out of time here we need you to kind of focus <laughs> And get your legs going, and um, and he, it, it it all it was it was it was not her day, um, even though she still ran like a freight train down that stretch. The other horse 
was, uh, it was his day. So she had those things going against her. And, and, and when the smoke cleared, um, you know, Mike, Mike, his instincts were maybe I should have done more to shake her up, but it's the queen. It's, it's Zenyatta. You know, you, you. When well, she always had heart. those late runs. So, you know, he didn't know that that she wasn't going to that day, you know, for uh, those who don't know what race we're talking about, just Google breeders cup, classic Zenyatta and God, it t- this is going to taste bad coming out of my mouth, but Google Zenyatta <laughs> and blame. Yeah, blame was the winner. Um, <laughs> do you feel? But let me, Frankie. Hold on one second. Let me go back to Jamie. I have to. Oh no! Don't. Do, do you that. feel better about this now, or can we forgive him? Because um, you know, Frankie said he'd get Mike on, and you two could make up. Um, first of all, <laughs> no, he's not coming on the show. <laughs> Second of all, I do. I am like I. I just wrote it with him. And and that was a little stressful, but I still uh, the, the 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 dancing thing like that's for non horse people. Horse people saw her dancing, and they're like, "Oh my god, that is anxiety, that is stress, that is tension." You know, all of those things that she did before yeah. a race, and that's just burning adrenaline. And why she always had that extra kick of adrenaline at the end was so amazing. Um, but no, I'm still pissed he didn't ask earlier so <laughs> queen be damned well, he should have ridden that horse if you watch if she won the, the breeders cup classic was it 2010 mm-hmm. um or 2009 I, I i get my years mixed up because i'm old um but if you watch if you watch her races even her biggest victories it takes her a while to get her legs underneath she's her like 17 too i mean yeah it's yeah gonna take a while. she comes out of the gates and and mike he tries to, she jumps leads, she goes to her right lead, her left lead, her right lead. She just is trying to get her legs together. And Mike was always giving her a chance, and she's always been able to pick up the pieces. Now, she did run a winning race when she got beat. She did. She ran that last eighth of a mile, but Blaine ran that last eighth of a mile fast, too. Like, it would have took everything. Uh, you know, to, to pass something that's still going that fast. Well, first of all, Frankie, let me stop you because I feel a little bit like you're blaming Zenyatta for all of this, for not getting it together. (laughs) And all the hate mail that he's going to get for this, you can send, we have a, we have a place. (laughs) I'm sending a strongly worded letter to Jennifer at horseradio.com. All the hate mail goes there. You never see it, Frankie. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but before we we wrap up, I just uh, I just wanted to go over real quick the Derby uh, horses, and I'm going to just give you the names because Glenn does not actually care who's I the really jockey, don't care. who's the trainer, no. what are the odds. All he does is pick by name. So without looking, I'm going to let Frankie and Glenn pick. Solely There's so many by good name. ones this year too. Are you are you do you promise you will just pick by name, Frankie? Just by name, yes, because. That would be that would be probably my best educated. Guess <laughs> it's mine too, Frankie. We're right yeah, in there. I win God, a lot that way, Mike. by the way. So you know, you pick Mike Smith. Yeah. I'm going to freak out. You're <laughs> up on- okay, here we go. So first, we're going to go with post in post position order. Known agenda, like the king, Brooklyn strong. Keep me in mind, sainthood, oh Bezos. Mandaloon, Medina Spirit, Hot Rod Charlie, 
Midnight Bourbon, Dynamic One, Helium, Hidden Stash, Essential Quality, Rock Your World, King Fury, Highly Motivated, Super Stock, Soup and Sandwich, and Bourbonic. Well, I had so, three. On uh, You want to go first or you want me to go first? No, because I, I wanted to. If you pick Soup and Sandwich... Just because you mentioned it before, because I, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I know, right? Sounds good. I had, but, high, I, if I go just by name, these were the three that jumped out at me. Hidden Stash, just because, you know, it has so many meanings. Um, uh, <laughs> soup and Sandwich, just because it's food. And Hot Rod, just because it's Hot Rod. So um, those were my three. I just, those were the three that jumped out at me. Frankie, did any? Do you need me to go over them again, or do, do you have a Hot Rod no, Charlie? No, that's I just it's a good that's name. That's okay. Yeah, I, it is. A, it is a good name. Um, but I, I was gonna. I was going to go for soup and sandwich as well. There's there, there's another reason. I'm because I think the jockey is Tyler Gaffleon. It is. Yes. And I, it is. Yep. Well, I'm I'm packing his equisizer right now. To, you know, <laughs> <shipping out> <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm rooting for him. Um, he's he, my he's my favorite. If he doesn't he just, win, do you know that he's going to blame it on the fact that you didn't get the equisizer to him in time? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. It is true. You're not getting him to him by Saturday. So <laughs> <laughs> I, if only I had the equisizer to practice on, I would have won the derby. <laughs> and I did. He did name his equisizer. Uh, War of Will, which is the horse he won the Preakness on last year. So I feel yeah. like I'm in the game. You are. You are. You are in the game. Okay. Soup and Sandwich, so, though, would be a great winner for, of a Triple Crown. We're going to give you guys, you're just picking first. So, Glenn, you've got Hidden Stash. Uh, Frankie has got Soup and Sandwich. And where was the one I liked? Going by name. I'm going only by name. Rock Your World. Oh, yeah. Cool. Good. Yeah. I like that one too. That's a good. There's a lot of good names this year. Um, there really is. So, all right, that's as educated as we're going to get for you guys. I gave you all the names. You pick your own. <laughs> we should do a, a, a an auditor Facebook. You pick it solely on the names. See who wins. There we go. Because helium, you know, flies over the rest. There's a lot of good names here. Yeah, it's just a lot of good names. Love it. Definitely. Thank you, Frankie. Equisizer.com, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Now you're backed yes, up about ten years on them, apparently. So uh, <laughs> if you order one today, you might get it someday. I can't uh, wait to get my Zinjata well, that years. I ordered 19 years ago. Frankie, <laughs> 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 we love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and putting up with me. I appreciate it. Oh, blessings! And I'll look forward to your hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we send all hate mail to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. If she feels that you need to see it, she'll forward. <laughs> Thanks, you know, Frankie. I wrote an article. Yeah, go I ahead. wrote an article, Jamie, and and I should send it to you that I wrote on Zenyatta. It might make you feel better. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty pretty angry right now. <laughs> so. Bye, Frankie. Bye, Frankie. Bye, kids. Have a great day. You know what's funny is uh, we don't have too many people that aren't allowed as guests in the show, but basically, Jamie told me if Mike Smith ever 
because I like to surprise her with guests sometimes. I've had family. I've had people you've worked with. I've had people that were in your band. I've had people that you went to school with show up here. But yeah. you told me if it was ever Mike Smith, you're just quitting that day and that's it. I will quit. <laughs> that's just not fair to do to somebody. <laughs> no, it's not. That wouldn't be fair. So let's hear from, uh, about WinTech, and then we're going to switch gears here, get a little bit off of the derby, and talk about one of our badass auditors. Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, WinTech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And WinTech doesn't sit on their laurels. Range, so head out to your local tax store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at WinTechSaddles.us. I am pleased to welcome to the show Ashley Chambers Crabtree. She is my personal hero. She's badass and she is an MMA fighter. Uh, thank you for joining us, Ashley. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. So I watched your fight. Uh, I, I believe it, it was it your first fight with that heifer, Serena Mori. <laughs> <laughs> You're going, yes. Uh, Yes, it was. So, well, first and last so far, unfortunately. Oh no! Are you are you are you planning on fighting more? I would love to, um, but new career is made. That's like it's gosh, training for one of them suckers is a full time job. No kidding! I <laughs> it's hard ask to commit you, to it. Where in the world are you where right in now? Where in the world are you right now? I am in East Tennessee. Okay, I could have guessed. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey, so so you th- to do a fight like that. So the gym mm-hmm. that I kickbox at, I just take things in classes and I kick the bags and like get my cardio in. But there's people like there's a cage and there's a boxing ring and there are people that are that are working all the time and they are there every single day from like the time the gym opens to the time closes and they're actually fighters. So that is something that takes a massive amount of commitment, right? It does. Yeah. That's kind of how I started was, uh, the gym I was a member at, they had a kickboxing class, did that for a few months, went through a midlife crisis and <laughs> the coach kept that, the coach was aggravating. He's like, so when are you going to come fight for me? And, you know, teasing me this, that, and the other. And so one day I said, all right, well, what, what, what would it take for me to actually see if I could do this? So what did he tell you? He said, he pretty much said, here, take my hand and I will guide you. Um, it was very, <laughs> a very trippy experience. So pretty much I, um, he had been, he'd been fighting for years and I just followed him from gym to gym. Um, so yeah, it was, like you said, in the gym, either doing weights every day. And then from there I would go to two or three different boxing gyms just to train, spar. Uh, since it was an MMA fight, they wanted me to have a little bit more of a uh, martial art background as well. So then that led to judo. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so basically you're Rocky and this guy's Mickey and he's like, that's yep. it. We're going to do this together. And actually you freaking did it, man. What did you think going into that ring for your fight? It was unlike, I mean, I've shown horses. I've, I've competed on horses a little bit, but this was so, and you know, that kind of that, I guess when you go, you go into the show ring, of course you're nervous, but the almost kind of out of body trippy experience where you're there, but you're not, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a super, it, that's the best way I know to describe it. I mean, it was, I wasn't at that point, I wasn't nervous, but I just didn't know quite how to process what was going on. And it was all muscle memory. Well, that's it was, the thing. It was trippy. Those combinations that you threw, I mean, it, without being in your body and just to have your muscles kind of memorize the, you know, the, the different combinations you were throwing was, was amazing. But that dang Serena, I mean, you plugged her so many times. I just, I don't know how she stood up. She's like a little tree. She just wouldn't fall down. I mean, going into it, I honestly, I honestly was prepared to lose that match. Um, and I was going to be fine with that. My, my only goal was to A, get in that cage and B, to make her work for that win. I didn't want, cause she had been doing this for years, actually. Oh, um, really? She'd been doing, yeah, yeah. She had uh, been training jujitsu since she was like five, six years old. Um, well, she's this little fire plug. She was a, she was a tank too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She had about 10, 15 pounds on me. Um, I had to sign a waiver going in saying I was okay to fight someone outside of my weight class. And you, she, you know what you had on her though, is you had the reach. Exactly. But I, I guess I'm going to sit here and I, I will sit there and pick apart that fight all day long. Uh, <laughs> I ate a lot of punches, but uh, I had gotten so used to sparring people that were so much taller than me that I got really comfortable getting in really close and going for body shots and up close shots. And so that's exactly what I did with her, even though I had a good, I was a good head taller than her. So going into it, not, not the best strategy. <laughs> Don't pick it apart. You kicked it, butt and, um, How's your I, face? Can I can I make a comment? Uh, so, what, watching that fight, you know, with boxing, there's a lot of dancing and there's there's breaks, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's the dance breaks, I call them, where where they're just circling. And you know, to be honest, when I was a wrestler, we used to do that too. But you guys were just at it the entire time. There was no That's what the announcer there, said too. there was no break. It was like what? That, I think that the only the only reason I was able to beat her was the cardio. I mean, I will say she about had me licked at the end of the first round, um, which they're three, three minute rounds as well. Got my win back a little bit. And I think it was a minute into the second round when, um, the fight was over. Uh, Speaking of the fight being over, I'm going to bring back memories for you. And this is going to make your day. Take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, here in the CFC case, we present the official time of one minute, 43 seconds in round number two. Yanni Israel calls a halt to the bout due to strikes, declaring your winner by TKO victory, Ashley Chambers. Woo! <laughs> yeah, girl, you did it. No, no, I mean, at seeing them announce that you're the winner, you did not come out of this perfectly clean. No. So, how's your face? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it. So yeah, it's bad. Oh gosh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I will. I will send you a picture of what I look like when I got back with my coaches and I was in the back of the locker room. Oh no, I caught all the punches to the face, and it it looks it was a mess. 
Ashley, I'm going to stop you and just say, don't send that. To no, me. don't either. I saw the video. I didn't recognize <laughs> you when you were done. It was, it was bad. And so was there it any was, lasting effects from that or just all healed? And here we go. Nah, it's all, it's all pretty like, it looks way worse in person uh, or way worse than it actually is. I mean, it was some bruising, definitely some swelling. Uh, no, I mean, I got uh, maybe a slight scar on my lip where my lip was busted pretty good. But other than that, no. No lasting scars. Okay, I have another question. You sound okay. so freaking sweet. I mean, you have that accent, and you're all sweet sounding. Is you know when when Rocky's trainer took you by the hand and said he'd guide you through. Um, did he tell you, you had to be mean? Because you kind of have a little bit of mean in there, and you don't seem to have any mean yet. You beat the crap out of her. Oh, she's a caged tiger, Glenn. <laughs> I want to repress rage. No, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a competition, like any other, um, like my, um, the girl I fought, I knew her, um, a good year prior to our fight. Um, I mean, we, we only met in person once, you know, Facebook buddies, we trained in similar gyms. So we was in similar circles. So I knew her. I was no hard feelings. Um, now each fighter is different. Um, for me, basically the only one I was, I guess, mad at or angry with was myself it's like i'm gonna do this i got something to prove to myself so i mean for me nah there wasn't i will say there were some other fighters that are in there beating on their chest beating on their heads that they need that anger to kind of get them fueled but yeah each, each fighter is a little bit differently so no i'm I'm pretty. I'm actually a pretty laid back, low key person. Uh, <laughs> so the the sensei at my gym, who does all the the fighting and everything like that, and, and is is the Mickey at our gym, he says that girls typically because he'll let girls spar, and we, we we once you get to like a certain le level for kickboxing, you get to start sparring with each other. And I said, I don't know if I could ever spar because like, and he goes, Oh, you can't. And I said, well, why not? He goes, because you, you'd cry. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, women, they get in there and just like the emotion takes over and they cry. He was like, and they'll be fighting and crying. And he was like, you will definitely be the crier. Uh, <laughs> so have you noticed oh, no. that? I will. Okay. I will tell myself I had such an adrenaline dump when I got out of that ring. Oh no, I bawled. Like I'm in the back room just <laughs> having at it. It was, I felt terrible, but he's like, no, no, no. Guy, he said guys do it too. It's like, it's just an overload of everything at that point. So, oh no. Heck, I even, in some of the sparring sessions, I got super intense. Um, I had moments as well, but so yeah, I can, I can believe that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Through it. It's fine. It's, I was good to know guys do it too. He didn't tell me that part. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've seen some guys in the background too. It's fine. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Maybe I'll spar then. Um, so, so any plans for this in the future? Or you just said you got a full-time job and life is taking over. Life is definitely trying to take over. I mean, I was, uh, the same promoter that did this spot, they were trying to get me to come back, um, in June and I, um, heck, he's been trying to get me to come back because now they have a, a belt. And this with this particular promoter for the female fighters and so I'd like to go back and get me a belt for it. But <laughs> Girl, yeah, we I, all want that belt buckle. I know, right? Like I would heck I'd wear it every day. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, I have yeah, to ask Ashley before she Ashley, before we run out of time, I have to ask you because we'd be remiss if we didn't. Do you have a horse? I have four. Oh, there you go. Good, good. <laughs> I have thoroughbreds. So yep. Wow. Yeah, girl. There you go. Do you show? 
would like to. Um, again, I'm a cop, and that's like takes up all my time. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I, I, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know so, that. And was yeah, that so, new? To, that's a, your new job is is uh, policeman. I've been doing that for about a year now. Yeah, so long hours, long day is kind of they. That's kind of that. That is my life now. Oh my God! Can I just tell you how shocked a criminal would be? It's like, oh, this sweet little Southern East Tennessee girl's gonna go ahead and arrest me, and she's like, oh, hop on in the back of the car, and they're like, I'm gonna run, and uh, no, you ain't. And then you like tackle them and get them to the ground and all that. I wish I gotta say I'm slower than snot. Every time they run from me, they get away. Like, I, I'm not kidding. I will chase you all day long, but I have, I yeah, no. It, for me to actually catch somebody is a pipe dream. I just hope there's another officer on the end of the, in the field. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> That's I am funny. Slow as not. I love it. Ashley, you're amazing. You're my hero. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we will post a link to your fight on the uh, Horses in the Morning Auditors Facebook page because I think it might be very confusing to people who see it on a regular page and maybe didn't listen to the episode why we're promoting <laughs> MMA fighting, but uh, you're awesome and you're my hero and uh, give all those horses a big old smooch for us. Oh, I will. And thank you. And do the sparring. You'll love it. I promise. Oh yeah. I, I'm definitely going to, I just got to like, you know, get stronger. <laughs> you got right. it. No, Thanks, you Ashley. Horse girl strength. You got it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being Bye. an auditor. We appreciate it. Well, there you go. We've had a badass jockey and a badass MMA fighter, a policeman. I am, my quote of the day is, I am slow as not. If they run, they don't go and get away. By the way, if you see her picture, not the one where she's all bloody and her face is demolished, uh, but the picture of her, you just look at her picture of her, and I'm just looking at her Facebook page now, and she's in her, she does, does looks like a Southern Sweet Belle, you know, she, just has that look about her. But uh, there you go. We have some cool listeners. We really do. Well, we're going to hear from one of our other shows right now on the network. We're the Healthy Critters Crew. I'm Tigger. I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. If you're a horse lover, dog lover, cat lover, llama lover, chicken lover, parrot lover, paw and hooves and feathers lover, Healthy Critters is for you. We have fascinating guests, nutrition tips, information on various critters, and the only talking Pomeranian dog on the radio. Hello, everyone. Join us for our bi-monthly laughter-filled romps on HRN. Brought to you by Biostar US. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. Man, I have a lot of them today because uh, a lot of you sent me weird news stories, including Glenn, Andrew, April, Brooklyn, Chelsea, and Anna. All of you guys sent me weird news, some of which I have covered before, but I felt like maybe because you didn't hear it, we needed to redo it. Uh, so we'll start with the, um, oh God, this is gross. And remember, I don't tell you who submitted each story because you don't need to know where they're finding their news. But if you do have a weird news story that you come across and you're like, this is weird, that's the one that you should send to me and send it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And in the subject line, put weird news and then I'll, I'll be able to find it and organize it. All right. This one's really gross. So, um, the guy, you know how you go to like Sam's club or Costco and you buy the big boxes of cereal and there's two bags of cereal in each one. Yes. Yeah. And like yeah, the big yeah, box, yeah. two bags. Yeah. So, um, 
Jensen Carp had to contact Cinnamon Toast Crunch Twitter account <laughs> after he discovered something in his, in one of the bags. Do I want to hear this? I'm gaggy. Look, I don't he found hear this. shrimp tails. Shrimp tails. They're Are you like sure he just didn't put them there. Uh, they're covered in like cinnamon and sugar, and <clears throat> oh, my <clears throat> stomach is turning. I was at Costco. He bought the two bag back at Costco and then he he emails he tweets it to like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and they're like mm, upon further investigation our team examined the image and it appears to be a accumulation of cinnamon and sugar that occurs when ingredients are thoroughly blended we assure you there's no cross contamination with shrimp uh yeah no those I are kind tails. of <laughs> doubt they process shrimp in the same factory as cereal oh Glenn it's it's sugar coated shrimp tails. And then, so he said that his wife is braver than he is. And so she went into the other bag that was in the box and found dental floss. <laughs> I think this is all made up. I'm not buying this one for a minute. Not buying. So it. the guy is not like a deadbeat. He's a, a TV producer and a writer. All so right. I don't just trying to get his 15, not buying it. Oh God. It's, Remember, these are all actually published stories. I don't make this up. And I do have somebody every periodically that will message me going, send me that link. I don't believe you. Well, trust me. I can make these things up. Okay. <laughs> so uh, between Florida couple, Florida man, and Japanese man, uh, I pretty much covers weird news. We're going to head to the Florida couple. They are having their dream wedding at a big mansion. Um, Courtney. I read this story. <laughs> Oh, my God. So Courtney and Shanita Jones invited friends and family to their dream home and estate for their wedding weekend. Um, the ceremony was on Saturday and there was a brunch on Saturday and they were having it at a 16,000 square foot mansion in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, this this has everything, bowling alley, swimming pool, waterfall, hot tub, tennis course, gazebo, a bar, and they have everything. And so they uh, arrive, uh, you know, the people arrive on Saturday. These are the Im invitations have gone out. Every, they've given out this address. They said, look, this is our dream wedding. They talked about how they met all of the, the you know, 30 years after high school, how he proposed and all this stuff. And uh, so the people started arriving on Saturday morning to set up for the wedding. And um, the owner of the home is like, Nathan Finkel is like, uh, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> <laughs> they ne they didn't have anything booked at the house. They just decided that they were going to have their wedding. And the owner of the home comes out and says, what are you doing on my property? And they said, send me your emails. But this is what they quoted that, um, God told them they were to get married there, yeah, so they were going to get married there. That was the quote. The lady actually, the place is for sale. See, that's that's see, it was for sale. So she went with the realtor, this woman that was going to be the bride, actually went three times to look at the house with the realtor to scope it out. So she planned this long in advance. And they had actually asked to use the venue, and, and he said no. No. Because it's a house that's for sale. And apparently and he wasn't living there, He and so she was counting on him not being there the day of the wedding. And he just happened to be. <laughs> so he called 911, and he says, 911, what's your emergency? 
I have people trespassing on my property and they keep harassing me and calling me. And they said they're having a wedding here and that it's God's message. I don't know what's going on. All I want it to do is stop. And they're sitting at my front gate right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they weren't giving up. (laughs) No, the officers told them to leave. No charges were filed. Uh, Hopefully the happy couple went on to have their wedding somewhere else that they would have paid to. Hopefully God told them that they could get married somewhere else. Somewhere else, yes. <laughs> this has been going on a while, uh, but I just, I, I've had so many people send it to me that I finally just decided to talk about it because it, it's really hard to describe without seeing the video, but it's in Thailand and it's in a, uh, what appears to be a convenience store. And uh, there's something that enters the 7-Eleven. It's a Monday afternoon, 7-Eleven in Thailand, and um, a a monitor lizard comes in. If you don't know what a monitor lizard is, it's about the size of an alligator. So an employee of the store who was hiding behind a counter alongside the frightened customers called the police who dispatched animal control to wrangle the sizable reptile. Apparently it was quite the struggle. They did drag him out of the shop and back into the wild, but not before there's video of him climbing up the shelves of like chips and groceries and various Those things are huge, aren't they? It is massive. It is <laughs> huge. Like, I don't know. Uh, do, do they expect stuff like this in Thailand? It seems like the Australians would be okay with it, but maybe not the, the Thai people. <laughs> Jeez. Do you have one more? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Okay. I'll keep going. We're not going to do a post show. I'm just going to keep giving you weird news. Uh, this is a, we're going to go to Japan. A Japanese man has been arrested. Uh, he's 39 years old. And apparently he reportedly was in serious relationships with uh, some women and he defrauded them of items worth a combined total of about almost American, a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand Japanese yen. Uh, it was gifts that were given to him <clears throat> from electronics to clothing to a suit and he told all of the, he told his girlfriends that it was his birthday and uh, his birthday to various people was in April, July, February. His idea was to ensure he says a constant supply of presents throughout the year. <laughs> um, how many girlfriends did Miyagawa have? 35. Oh my God. How would you even remember their names? When do you have time for that? <laughs> I don't know. It was only $1,000 in gifts. Wow. I expect yeah, more I mean, than that with I 35 people. Him, they caught him pretty early. What did they charge him for? <laughs> lying about his birthday? Um, he, I mean, for fraud, I believe is the, uh, thing, uh, Miyagawa, who has no permanent address, works part-time as a salesman for a multi-level marketing company. What is a multi-level marketing company? <laughs> that would be called a pyramid scam, yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> exactly. There are people that call you on the phone. So he do- meets his victims while selling his hydrogen water shower heads. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So the women formed a victims association and uh, reported him to fleas and police, and he was arrested for fraud. Do you know there's people in our audience right now that are lovely, very nice people who, who can't get a date, and this guy is 35, and he's a jerk. He's quite handsome in his mask. I can't see his face. Uh, I got sent 
this one again, and I know I covered it, but we had to go to a Jupiter, Florida man who was arrested. If you recall, I did this a couple weeks ago. I'll give you the quick one before I get to the one Glenn sent me. Uh, the Jupiter, Florida man was arrested when he went to Wendy's and they didn't give him his right food. So he threw an alligator, live alligator through the window. Do you remember that? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 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 He was arrested. Um, it was a three and a half foot gator and, um, everybody's fine now he's in jail and the gator is fine. So I just want to give, recap that one. Cause it got sent to me a bunch, even though I've already done it. All right. Last one. Last one. This is almost like the pathetic loser one. This one. I mean, not like a lot of these aren't, but, um, <laughs> a Southern California. No, can I man. give, I sent you this one. So I am going to give this guy. the <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. So there's a man. <laughs> he asked only to be identified as Steve. He was in his home in Sycamore Creek in the community of Corona in Southern California. And he saw a rattlesnake. He's like, oh, my God, we got to get this rattlesnake out of here. rattlesnake, I'm going to add. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a big one, and so <laughs> but he's like, we got to protect the children. I got to get this rattlesnake out of here to protect the children. So he's like, I have an idea. <laughs> he ran into the kitchen and he got a pair of tongs <laughs> about a foot long. He says, maybe I can get an eye on it just to see how big it is and assess the situation. And so he put the, the, the rattlesnake had gone into the bushes. And so he reaches in there with the barbecue tongs and to move the bushes. And as he sticks his hand into the bushes and like pushes the bushes away to like see with the tongs, because he was going to grab it with the tongs. He didn't get to that because it bit him <laughs> like really hard. What he, idiot puts their hand in the bush where, you know, the rattlesnake is. Yeah, he received some doses of anti-venom. I said it's extremely painful. Morphine did not help one bit, but he did not die. And um, Do you know how much we talked about before how much anti-venom for rattlesnakes is? It's about $45,000 a tube. It's ex- extremely expensive. If you do the full treatments for you'll spend 2 $300,000. <laughs> you know what? You didn't die. So, I mean, money <laughs> he, well spent. What an idiot. And then they called they called what they called the regular they called the guy who gets rattlesnakes and uh, for a living and he brought his 10 foot tongs out and managed <laughs> to catch the rattlesnake. Did they end up getting Yeah, they ended up catching I, it. Yeah, they relocated yeah. it. But yeah, it was a good size rattlesnake. What an idiot. I First of all, I love snakes so much that I'd have been gone. I would have never, I would have never left the house again. But that's uh, sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hate snakes. So I would have never left the house again. But no way in hell I'm going to try and catch it. That's okay. He has now. Um, he's recovering after what he did. He lose his thumb. Quote, as an idiotic move. So oh, at least he knows <laughs> yeah. he's an idiot. Did he lose his thumb? Did he lose his hand? Did he lose any parts? I, I don't, it just said he received a painful bite on his left hand, but he is recovering. Oh, well, good. Because a lot of people lose their parts when that happens, but yeah. Hmm. Lucid impediment the wiener. And right. also, um, I sent this one to you too. I know you didn't have a chance to read it, so I'll just recap it for you. Florida has always been, until you moved there, until you moved to Oklahoma, Florida has always been the lightning strike capital of the country. We have had that designation for a very long time. Congratulations. Well, not anymore. It's Uh-oh. now the torch is handed over, or the bolt 
is handed over to Oklahoma. Since you moved there, apparently Oklahoma has now taken over as the lightning strike capital of the country. So congratulations. You know what? If they were counting the ones last night, we're not going to be beat for quite a while. Oh, really? It was bad? Oh, my God. It was crazy. <laughs> my friend, Brittany, her barn got hit by lightning, but everybody's fine. But she said it was, she about pooped her pants. <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but they did say that we, we were going to have, this is fun, t- uh, baseball-sized hail. Oh, God, I hate hail, because there's nothing you can do, right? (laughs) So we battened down the hatches, all the horse. I bought a brand new shed for one of the paddocks. So if I have, you know, horses out there, they can go undercover and all the things. And everybody was good. We didn't get any hail. Everything's good. But we got a heck of a lot of lightning all night long. So my farm is flooded again. So that's fun. Oh, good. Yay. Yay. Yeah, lightning's fun all night long. Because you yeah. can sleep right through it. Jennifer does. I, I, don't, I sleep I don't. so well yeah. when I'm worried about my horses getting struck by lightning. It's so fun. <laughs> Jennifer sleeps right through that. We had that big hurricane Irma a couple of years ago. She slept right through it. We were in, sleeping in a freaking barn and she slept right through it. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. have that superpower. I hate those people. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I, I'm awake the whole time. I'm just waiting for it to hit. You know, you and I are the same that way. I well, got one of those watches that uh, tells you how many steps you have. Um, and then also tells you what your heart rate is. And then also tells you how you slept. So this is going to be really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last night will not be good. No, well, thank my, you. My first night was last night. I'm setting it up. <laughs> Well, we're going to uh, we're not going to have a post show today. We've talked along today. Uh, thanks, Frankie, for joining us. We really appreciate it, and thanks to our auditor Ashley for doing that too. We also need to thank our sponsors: State Line Tech, WinTech, and also you don't forget that there, we have a lot of other shows on the network. Go check them out at horseradionetwork.com. There's like 20 different shows, so we have a bunch of them. Jamie, we don't mention this enough. Does Retired Racehorse Radio? Do you have one coming out soon, or did you just? And it's really really cool we're doing a like a three or four parts it was supposed to be three parts but i get sidetracked and we never actually finish anything we're supposed to talk about so i'm going to do four parts with tad coffin it is so fascinating of course he is the first american to ever win a gold medal in the sport of eventing uh and did it on the thoroughbred so come on no brainer so we're we're talking we're talking thoroughbreds with him it's really cool very good. And uh, tomorrow, as I said, we're ju- I'm going to, we don't have an episode. It's the fifth Thursday of the month, which we don't normally have an episode, but I'm going to replay the audio version of tonight's author roundtable for you, for all you aspiring authors that want to hear how it's done. That's what we're going to go over. Uh, and then Friday, we'll be back with some really bad ads. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Okay. Rem- reminder hidden, oh. hidden, what was it? Hidden. Hidden stash. I could read my own. Okay. <laughs> Soup and sandwich and rock your world. Those are the top three picks for Glenn, Frankie, and I. Spade, Nutter, and Geld, everybody. 